She Shield, your one-stop pod for all topics personal safety. I'm your host, Sophia, and my goal is to help educate women and men on concealed carry, martial arts, and all topics self-defense. Today, we have David Heinemann on the podcast. David has an extensive background in martial arts and has a passion for teaching women self-defense. I would love for you, David, to take this time to introduce yourself. Uh, my name is David. I'm from the Chicago suburbs. Uh, as you mentioned, I've been in martial arts for I don't know, 25, 26 years now. Um, I've been teaching over 16, 17 years now of that. Um, my base or your foundation, as you could probably call it, was Taekwondo. Um, that was kind of like my main focal point ever since I was a kid, but I also did karate with that as well. Um, and I hold a fifth degree in Taekwondo and I hold a first degree in combat Hapkido. Um, and then I have branched out. I've done boxing. I currently do Muay Thai. I'm an active competitor and trainer in jiu-jitsu. I've done wrestling. So, um, I've dabbled in a lot of different styles. And then as you mentioned, uh, women's self-defense is probably out of all the self-defense I teach is like the thing I'm most passionate about. So yeah, I spend most of my time, um, kind of building and designing my curriculums around that focal point per se. That is wonderful. Wow. Yes. I'm so glad I let you introduce yourself. I, as I said, before we started, <laughs> I read your extensive uh, bio online and I was like, I'm just going to let him talk. Uh, yeah. I never know what this, to put so. on those things. I've seen people that do like two sentences and people that do like full pages. Right. So I was like, I'll do, I'll do a couple paragraphs or quick things, but it's a perfect length. It's short and sweet and also informative. So I like it a lot. I might have to use perfect. it for the perfect. bio uh, for the actual episode notes. So take it. It's great. Okay, take, take we'll it. do. Wonderful. So I'd like to start off with asking you where your passion for women's self-defense originated. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, well, when I was in <clears throat> Taekwondo, there was a, a girl that I when I first started training, um, you know, you tend to be in like bigger groups. And then as you progress in the ranks, you kind of, you know, weed out some of the people that just don't stick around. And there was one girl, her name is Casey. Um, and she and I had probably promoted together for like six or seven different belt ranks. And it was always just the two of us. And so she actually, her and her mom ran, um, cause she was older than I was. Uh, they ran the women's self-defense program at her gym. And so my instructor, when I was in high school had asked me to, be the guy in the bug suit and just come in, put on all the gear and just get my ass kicked, which I was a high school kid. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, you know, it'll be fun. And I vividly remember we had done a couple of these. And then at one point we had kind of like split the groups into two. So one end they were working on, I think more like the technical pad work. And then the other end was like, okay, you're going to put it to application. And that's where I was. And I remember walking into the room at the time and there was a woman who saw me and something about me just triggered something and she just had a breakdown. And so uh, I think it was Casey's mom had pulled me out right away. He's like, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. Just go in the other room for a minute. Um, and then they came back in and said, okay, we're just going to have you stick to this side for for this portion. And we'll let one of the other instructors work on the other side. And so it was kind of one of those things that like you saw, you witnessed it, but I didn't really think much of it until um, I'd say I got into college. And when I got into college, I started to kind of get a little bit more involved with the women's self-defense only just because I had now been exposed to the party lifestyle a little bit more. Um, and so you see some of the behaviors. Uh, we had a couple cases on our campus that uh, of women that were attacked at some of the local bars and stuff. And at that point, I remember reaching out even to like our dean at the time and saying, hey, I want to teach a class here. I'll do it for free. And uh, unfortunately, they shut me down on that one. 
And so I actually found out who she was and reached out to her directly and just introduced myself and happened to work with her and her roommates. Um, and that kind of just like that feeling of working with her and, and just how grateful she was and just being able to talk through some of the stuff. And again, I didn't have experience on that part of the spectrum. I was more obviously like just the self-defense portion. Um, but after talking with her, like I wanted to then engage with more of that side as well. So then I started working with our um, sexual assault coordinator on campus and I became very good friends with her. So I worked with her closely and talked with her and just started learning from her. I went to a, there was a counseling center. Uh, I went to school in Iowa. So there was a counseling center in Des Moines that was like the same thing. It was like therapists for uh, sexually traumatized women. Um, and so I started talking and interviewing them and just, again, getting to understand the emotional impact and more of like the, the after effects of everything that happened. So between that and then teaching at the college, I was like fully committed to just wanting to change that. So I think the high school kind of planted a seed that then later blossomed once I got into school and kind of started seeing that stuff hands on. And then obviously like working with the counselors um, and being allowed to actually sit in and work and talk with a lot of the women who had been attacked at some point. Um, definitely just kind of, I just, I hated seeing how they were as a result of that attack. And so that's kind of where the passion came to just, teaching women to be badasses so that hopefully they don't have to one experience it, but then to experience the aftermath of it, which I think is sometimes even worse than the actual event itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for contributing to women's safety. That's incredible. Uh, most people would just say, wow, that sucks and kind of move on, but you took it in your own hands to make a difference. So that's absolutely lovely. Um, as far as teaching sororities go, I, I really want to know, like, how, how was that experience? I noticed you, I, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not <clears> sure <throat> you mentioned it, but I did read it on your website. Yeah, it's, um, so that was, I think as a follow-up. So, um, I was an athlete in college, um, not with the school. Um, uh, we played paintball professionally on the side and, uh, well at the time oh. it was this national, but by the time I graduated college, I had a opportunity to take it professionally. Um, but by that point I had just really kind of been seeing more uh, keep in mind. So I graduated in 13. So this was like before it's on us. This was before the me too movements. Um, this was before, this was right as title nine was starting to kick in. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of campuses that were starting to get put under investigation, including my own. Um, and I had, at this point I had met like countless different survivors on my campus that I either worked with through just our work on campus, um, or that I was friends with and found out. And so obviously, you know, talking with them kind of just riled me up a bit. Um, but then again, as all these other campuses kept popping up in the news, cause by this point I was starting to really kind of pay attention to what was going on. And so when I graduated, I had the opportunity to either continue playing. Um, so I think I played out through the summer and then didn't accept the contract because I, I decided that I was instead going to take a chance and just start kind of reaching out to, at first it was campuses. Um, and I was reaching out to like, not the deans, but, um, like different clubs, uh, different school officials, just trying to get on campus, to like talk. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea what I was going to say. I was bullshitting my way through all these emails, just trying to, I was like, I'll figure this out if I can get my foot in the door. And it was like turned down left and right. And it was, it wasn't turned down because of experience. It was turned down because we're not interested. Uh, we don't have a problem on our campus or, oh, don't worry. We have 
a police officer that talks to the students, which if it's the same type of material that people are educating on every other campus, like it's, it's very minimal to no info. Um, so then I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to email a couple of sororities. And again, bullshitted my way through the emails. Um, and pretty much I said, like, here's my experience. Here's what I've been kind of studying and focused on. And I just want to have, com- I just want to have a conversation. And so I, w- I wasn't even really teaching self-defense. It was a strictly serving as a conversation about like rape culture on college campuses and why schools handle it certain ways and why s- victims are targeted to begin with. And, and pretty much just like trying to get behind the why of everything. Cause I, I felt like that was something that at the time was just not being discussed. And so I started doing a couple presentations and apparently they were all right because I went from getting like a couple emails back a day to all of a sudden I was like, uh, I need to go on vacation for like two months to fit all these presentations in because my emails just skyrocketed. Um, and I work in a family business. So I talked to my dad and I said, look, here's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, perks of having him as my boss, but, uh, I explained the situation. I said, you know what? I, I'm going to take time off and I can take time off. I said, otherwise, like, I'm just going to leave work early and I'll come back like the next morning. So like there were some days that I would leave work, drive out to Indiana. Um, because again, like most of the presentations wouldn't be to like eight, nine o'clock at night. I'd present for a couple hours and then either drive home and go back to work. Or some days I'd like drive from Indiana, get in the car and go all the way out to Iowa so that I could teach the next day. Like that's how hectic it was. Um, so I think within like a two and a two and a half month time span, I had over 80 presentations um, and it just, wow. it just blew up. And so as it was going though, I had one of my students that was attacked by a classmate and she was in fifth grade at the time. Um, so that kind of fired me up a little bit more. And then I had a very, very close friend of mine that was also attacked um, in the middle. And I think after that one happened, and at this point I had been talking to a lot of people. So I was just beyond frustrated with the system, frustrated with how things were being handled and just frustrated that it was happening to begin with. So I kind of took the intensity of the presentations up another level to where I was, um, I, I, I always kind of ser- stated as like, this is a wake up call because it was a lot of ignorance on campuses of like, Oh, our house is fine. This doesn't happen to any of us. We're completely fine. And then all of a sudden you have a chunk of girls that are walking out of the room crying and everyone else was like, holy crap, we didn't know this happened to them. And it kind of just like got everyone talking about it, which was my goal was I want people to realize that this could, this could happen to your best friend and you may not even know. And so it was kind of like a good wake up call for a lot of campuses. Cause again, this like nothing had been done on campuses yet. It's on us had just started coming out. Um, so it was actually good timing, but it, it kind of coincided with a lot of those organizations where a lot of people were like, holy shit, this is actually very prevalent on our school. Um, and between the organizations and my presentations, like people were getting that picture. And so that was, that kind of just continued to fuel me to do it, but it was a good, it was a great experience. I think they were very, I don't think I came across any chapter that at all was pushing back. Um, I think most presentations were anywhere from like 90 minutes and I had some that broke three hours. Just people were asking questions. Um, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, the only downside was majority of the time after every presentation, I would have like a line of girls that, you know, most of them were just asking questions, but there was always a few that wanted to talk about an incident that happened with them. So I had a lot of time of just sitting down and talking with survivors and hearing, hearing their stories, hearing how they were battling it, asking for advice, you know, asking about the next step. Should we report it? Should we, you know, who should we talk to? Should we do counseling? And just trying to get some sort of direction or sense of what happened. So that, that definitely got hard. Um, but it, it still kind of just continued and still continues to kind of fuel me. So I still do presentations now. Um, 
now it's kind of per request. I don't really reach out much anymore unless there's like a huge case that comes up on a campus. I'll reach out immediately, but otherwise I kind of, I've kind of backed off a little bit just from other priorities, but yeah, it, it was probably, I did it for, I did it on and off for about two years. It was probably one of the coolest experiences that I've ever done in, in regards to like teaching. That's incredible. Um, I honestly, there were so many points in that I was typing out off to the side to follow up on because I, that's just, that's incredible. Um, I don't know what else to say uh, other than <laughs> I'm sure that experience was a difficult because you had to take on some of the trauma um, to learn their story. Um, do you feel like it also kind of taught you what positions women ended up in during these unfortunate assaults? It taught, yes and no. Um, okay. It taught me because again, it, it, it was very difficult to deal with um, from my perspective. And I, and I got to some points where I had to, I just would cancel presentations um, and I would apologize, you know, like we'll reschedule. I'm like, I just can't come today. Um, right, you know, right. days where I couldn't sleep as well. Um, but uh, in regards to like what it taught me, yeah, it taught me some of the positions. And again, like at the end of the day, they're all very similar. Um, okay. But what it taught me more so is predator behavior, um, okay. which is something that I've really kind of started to zone in on. Um, okay of just, you know, what if I think what a lot of people tend to dislike about a lot of some of like the self-defense from that perspective is like, Oh, they're victim blaming. They're telling us it's our fault and this. And I always kind of like to remind people that you, me, your fiance, you know, all of us are essentially a target. It's just what we do. We, we fluctuate on the scale of, are you here today? Are you here? Are you here? And it's just our behaviors. Cause who, you know, whoever that predator is, is looking for an easy target. And so, um, you know, the more intoxicated you become, the easier target you become. Um, if you're by yourself, you become an easier target. If you're emotional or just not in the right headspace and you're by yourself, you're a bigger target. So like there's things that we do that, again, it's not our fault. We're just living our life. But people need to understand that every choice and decision we make forces us to fluctuate on this spectrum of um, what a predator is looking for. And so it taught me a lot of like, well, you know, okay, you were attacked. Where did you meet this guy? Okay. What were you, you know, what were you doing? What happened? And like majority of the time it was, um, being, uh, drugged, uh, taken advantage of the close friends. So like, um, that close relationship where you don't really suspect the person and then they take advantage of you when your shield is essentially down. Um, so that like the behavior on like how they convey in you to trust them to the point where they can take advantage of you. Um, that's kind of where I was kind of focused, but like in regards to like the positions, it, you know, it was all like, okay, they had me pinned down. They had me pushed up against the wall. They were choking me. Like those are all kind of the same, but how they got to that point is kind of where I was focused a little bit more on. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure it's not easy to revisit, um, but I know it's going to help someone listening to this. So that's, thank you for that. Um, I'm wondering, because party culture is pretty much here to stay, uh, what would you say individuals can do to stay safe and have fun and find that balance? Um, good support group, I think, is, is number one. Um, intuition is big. And, like, you can have fun. Like, be independent. I always encourage people, like, go do what you want to do. You know, it, it's it's your time. You're young. Party. Have fun. Um, but I think you have to, in today's times, you either on one end, you can't trust anybody, but on the other end, like you have to have people that you can trust. So it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because I can go out with a group of friends, but then if I find that right person, it's like, you know what, I'm going to leave with them tonight. Like, Oh, are you sure? Yeah. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. And like, as me, I would be like, you know what, 
we don't really know this person. Maybe it's better if you stay. You've had too much to drink, you know, whatever. Um, and so that's like me being the friend telling you, hey, maybe not. And so like you kind of get into that. Is it okay if I go? Is it don't okay? Do I let them go? Do I not? Um, because then part of it is like I, I talked with one guy who uh, let his friend go out and he decided to stay in that night and she ended up being attacked and he blamed himself <laughs> because he wasn't there. And, you yeah. know, um, you don't want like that guilt of, well, I could have prevented it because you can't. Um, right. I, I don't think there's an easy answer to it, unfortunately, um, because, again, I think uh, predators are just going to look, especially sexual predators, are just going to look for opportunities. And I don't want to say that, like, campuses have serial rapists. I think it's just more so people that are just looking for either don't realize what they're doing, which is very true, um, or just don't really comprehend what their actions, in fact, are, or they just don't care. Um, or they're just with a group of friends who have decided like, Hey, this girl or this guy's drunk. We're just going to take advantage of them and we don't give a shit. Um, so it's kind of one of those, like if a predator has their sights set on you, um, they're going to do whatever they can. It's like your best bet is to either just trust your gun and just get out of the situation before it happens or just kind of understand the flags, keep an eye on your drinks. Like there's so many little things, but then are you becoming too paranoid at that point? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I wish there was an answer. If there, I feel like if there was, uh, I wouldn't have work in this field. Um, right. But I, I haven't been able to kind of figure out the, the best solution for it other than you got to kind of have to, at the end of the day, like it's you out there. You got to watch yourself to extent. Like I, I can't depend on anyone else to keep me safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. A topic that I've really wanted to bring up on this podcast and have yet to is what do you recommend women have with them and women and men? I'm not saying I I know we're focused on women's self-defense, but this of course applies to everyone. Uh, What do you recommend they carry on them as like self-defense tools? Um, I know personally, when I go out to a bar, if I plan on having a drink, I don't take my gun. Um, I don't think I should have a gun on me if I'm going to be impaired. Uh, that's, that's a personal decision that can change. Um, but when it comes to, uh, when I go out, of course I have my pepper spray and I also have, um, oh man, I'm now I'm blanking on the app. I promise I have it. It's, it's that one app that you can hold down the button and then when you feel safe, you release it. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah. I don't, I, there's a chunk of them. So, okay. Um, I, I, so I had some, this is, so this is why I've enjoyed kind of training with these different guys. Cause you know, I, I pick Aaron's brain a lot. Um, when I was training with Ryan, I picked his brain probably way more than he wanted me to. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I just, I had so many questions and even if I knew the answer, it was kind of one of those, like, I want to see what you say and see if we at all line up, um, where like times we did. So it was kind of like a good, like, okay, I'm on the, like for me, I know I'm on the right track. Like, obviously I'm, I'm doing the right thing, but then there's also right. some stuff I can learn. And his perspective and both Aaron's perspective um, kind of changed some of my perspectives on it. And I've kind of viewed it as this. And, and I started telling a lot of the women that I've been training as of recently the same thing. And it's the extent of if you carry pepper spray, if you carry, you know, one of the coupons or any of the self-defense keychains, if you're carrying a knife or especially a firearm, uh, two things. One, are you willing to use it? And I always refer it to like their boyfriend. Like, would you use it on a loved one, a husband, a fiance, because that's going to be the most difficult situation, but it's also a very possible situation. And so that's kind of like the one scenario I give them. Um, And then two, could you draw it and utilize it successfully under stress, which um, I think, and I know Ryan emphasized this a lot on his podcast with you recently, but uh, 
I think a lot of people just strap weapons on and don't do any training with it. And it boggles my mind how many people are like, oh, I would just shoot them. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. And um, like just to put it in like perspective, like people that I know are high level black belts in jujitsu have no idea what to do in regards to throwing or taking punches because they've never done striking because they're fine that their jujitsu will get them through any situation. And then when you incorporate striking, they look like white belts because they panic. Um, and right. so like, it's something as simple as that, like start with, if you want to learn how to protect yourself, learn how to fight first. And I always just tell people like take a striking class, just go to an, uh, an MMA gym, a kickboxing gym, not one of the cardio fitness places, but go to like an actual boxing academy and learn how to throw punches. That alone will get you 10 times farther than pepper spray, in my opinion. Um, because if you've never practiced spraying it, if, you've, if you're not actively carrying it, if you don't know how to pull it out of your pocket or grab it out of your purse on like a second's notice, it's useless at that point. My hands are going to be on you, and then what are you going to do? Whereas like if you know how to maintain distance, if you know how to maneuver your feet a little bit, if you can throw a good jab cross, that's going to do some serious damage like that, that, that gives you plenty of time to run away. And then if you do need to draw a weapon, then you can. So I think fight first. And then if you're comfortable with that, then start carrying, um, tools, you know, whatever self-defense tools you want. Or the, the guy that I trained with for concealed made a good point with like the firearms. Um, and he says, he always asks a lot of people who goes, are you willing to kill someone with this? And not in like, I would say the murder way, but if, 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 if the situation called for and you had to fire your weapon, could you kill somebody in self-defense? And he said he's had a lot of people that after thinking about it, like, you know what? I can't do that. Thank you for your time. I'm going to sell my gun and I'm done. I'm never going to carry one. And people like don't process that that isn't just a lifesaver because you have it. You also have to be willing and understanding to utilize it. And I think that's, and again, I know Ryan talked a lot about that, but I think that's like a big blank space in a lot of people's minds when it comes to carrying self-defense tools. So I think anything's fine, but you have to train with it. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was and kind it's of a totally... tangent to your, to your question. <laughs> we love a tangent. I promise it's okay to go on tangents. Like I said, uh, this is your time to shine. Even if it's something that was in another episode, the kind of like, uh, what am I trying to say? The emphasis on that topic and the fact that you agree with that and, uh, the fact that you took time to bring it up puts more weight on that topic. So I'm always glad when things repeat, it's always a, a good thing. And I do tend to repeat questions between uh, varying guest speakers no, to see yeah, if different perspectives. Absolutely. Oftentimes, um, particularly on this topic, they're the same. And I love that because I never know which episode someone's going to land on. Um, they might listen to my most recent episode, which will be yours um, next, the Monday after Thanksgiving. And, um, if they're hearing that for the first time on the episode, that's, you know, so be it. So no, I love that you went on that tangent. Please feel free to go on more tangents. Um, I would like to ask next, uh, when it comes to, uh, tools like Invisaware and, um, apps that you can kind of utilize to share your location with family and friends, what do you think of those sources, resources? Um, so I, I'll, I'm a little biased cause I am partnered with Invisaware. Um, right. I, so I don't pay too much attention to too many apps and Visaware caught my eye. Um, and I absolutely love that app because it goes so far beyond just like self-defense. Um, and so if there's any like companies like that, that I partner with, I want, and I made this very clear with them. I've made it clear with nightcap. Um, I want products to you know, if I'm going to push it to my followers and stuff, I don't want to push something that forces you to essentially change 
your lifestyle. Like, okay, this device works, but in order for it to work, you can no longer do this anymore. Um, I want something that's like, you can go about your every day. And if something happens, this is a backup. And that, I think that's exactly what Invisiware is, but it, it goes so far. So, um, you know, we got, I think I got a chunk of them here. We got, you know, the bracelets, necklaces, um, we've got a couple of the keychains, and I like the keychains. I usually keep one with me and one with my wife, especially if either of us are traveling, um, just because it's something like, again, it goes beyond self-defense. If I get lost, um, if I have an accident, if I, like something just happens, click of a button. And it was actually funny when I was cleaning out my bag to head down to Myrtle Beach uh, to train with uh, Ryan, I accidentally had clicked it, but I didn't have my phone near me. And so I go oh, and no. check my phone and... I have all these phone calls because I, I don't have the advanced version. So I just have it like sent to my family. Um, gotcha. And I have my phone blown up with everyone calling me. And they're like, are you okay? Why aren't you answering the phone? Oh, my God. David's dead. And uh, I'm like, nope, sorry. Accidentally hit it. Glad to know everyone cares. I'm alive. Don't worry. Right. Um, but like I think that device is phenomenal. Um, it's very discreet. I think it, I think it could, again, the fact that it's advertised for self-defense, which I think is phenomenal, but it goes so far beyond Again, you get into a car accident, can't reach your phone, you don't have OnStar, you're stuck in the car, it's upside down, whatever, like click a button and it's going to notify people. Um, and it, you know, live location of where you're at, it, you know, if you do, I think for free, it connects you with police, but, you know, more advanced, it'll do ADT and you can get on, like, they'll call you and everything. So, yeah, I think like Invisiware is probably one of the best apps in that sense. Um, again, I know there's plenty of others out there. They're not bad to have. Like, again, it's one of those that, I would rather have it if I'm feeling uncomfortable than not to have it at all. And I feel like for, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of people don't utilize those apps unless it actually happens to them. Whereas I think Invisiware breaks through that because it's like, okay, um, you know, if I said, hey, use this if you're being assaulted, like people are like, ah, I'm fine. If I say, hey, use this in case you're ever in danger, accident, you know, physical, you broke a leg, you're by yourself, whatever, like, oh, okay, that's a great idea. But so I think because it, covers such a big realm uh i think more people are inclined to i get a lot i don't know i get a lot of feedback from the invisible um of people that are always very interested in that one so yeah i, I think invisible is a great great company great product that's wonderful i'll have to link them in the show notes um for people listening that's the notes below the title so if you're interested in checking that out more uh they'll be linked do you have a code for your people or anything like that uh, stay, safe. stay safe stay safe love that love that okay very cool i will also put that in the show notes uh, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I don't think I've actually, besides a, a dating safety episode, uh, Grace and I released a long time ago. I don't think that that has been discussed again on the podcast. So thank you for going into detail on that. I would love to now go into kind of, uh, training when it comes to what, if you have, sorry, I just word vomited, but if you only have a small <laughs> amount of time, uh, with a class of ladies, uh, what would be the like top three positions or, uh, I guess self-defense techniques you would teach in that time, top three, top five, whatever you would like um, to go for. So I've actually, I've actually been doing a lot of pop-up classes lately, which, um, is perfect cause it's, it's a quick, it's an hour session. Um, Normally, like my intro session, I do two and a half to three hours. Um, so this is like a quick rundown, and then I can hopefully like draw you in after that. So lately, um, just because especially around Chicago, we've actually had a lot of kidnapping attempts lately, and mm -hmm. it's like 8 a.m. in the morning, so broad daylight. Oh um, so the last few have actually just kind of been focused on that initial someone comes up and grabs you, and they're trying to rip you away. So I know there's a lot of discrepancy on how – 
women's self-defense is compared to just like if I'm learning to protect myself and again uh after talking with like Ryan and Aaron and all them like there's no difference in the self-defense it's sometimes I always say it's either a different mentality or it's a different approach but same overall objective um the difference is is someone with like my background I'm more willing and more capable of going farther in the fight or doing more damage if need be or controlling like I can take it a step farther whereas like if I'm just teaching a woman to protect herself, I'm going to have her do enough damage that she can get away safely. Like, I don't want you to put yourself at risk by getting too greedy um, and then risking getting grabbed again or whatever. So uh, lately, I've just kind of just been working on like the initial grab. Someone comes up and grabs your arm. Someone comes up and grabs you from behind, um, you know, where you're caught off guard and you don't have that clean like, oh, just turn and punch them. Like, you have to understand what your body's going to do. You have to learn how to use your normal reactions. Cause I used to teach a lot of just like, here's a technique, do this. And then I realized that that wasn't working. So I tried to teach more based off of your normal reaction. So normally when someone grabs you, you get heavy on the weight and you start leaning back. So we try and figure out ways to do that. Cause no matter how many times I tell you, everyone's always going to pull back when they get grabbed. So I've, I've tried to focus on ways of using that motion to protect yourself without having you to like completely change, especially if we're doing, like I said, like a quick hour session. So, um, I would say like arm, arm, arm grabs, wrist grabs, shoulder grabs, like anything that's like a quick, I'm going to grab you off the street is definitely one that I'll teach. Um, like the bear grab, bear grab over the arms, bear grab under the arms. I'm going to pick you up is another one. And then usually I'll go and do like one ground fine position, but I don't ever really go too much into death it'll just be more like if you fell down or got knocked down or they shoved you down and now they're kind of standing over you what's like the initial position that you go into how do you stay in like a dominant controlled position that you can still utilize kicks and punches and stuff from there without having to like stand back up or grapple so i, I again i don't want to like teach people grappling on on day one so um yeah i would just say like common grabs bear grabs and what I call like the ground fighting position to, to kind of put yourself into if things hit the fan. Like those are, those are usually the ones that I'll start with if I'm just doing like a quick session. And then if we do more in depth sessions, I'll either like, if I do my intro, we'll do like a little bit of everything again, just to kind of give you the basics. And then we can go into more like, okay, the next time you come in, we're going to spend three hours and we're only going to work on the ground or we're going to only work up against the wall or multiple attackers. So like I'll give you a little taste and then later on, we're going to dive into it full throttle. That sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I wish you were closer to Arkansas because I know a lot of women that could use that resource. I'm willing to travel. I'm, I'm looking to start traveling a little bit more next year. That's my oh, plan. Wow. How exciting. What kind of made you want to start traveling? Uh, I think in part doing a lot of the traveling for seminars. I, like I've traveled a lot in the past couple of years for competitions and I never really traveled much for self-defense. And then as COVID hit and competitions were slim to none at the, at the beginning, I focused more on training, um, both for sport, but also self-defense. And I kind of got back into training like heavy self-defense again. Um, and then I decided this year that I really wasn't going to travel for competitions. And if anything, I was going to travel for seminars. And so after being in some of those seminars, and talking with a lot. And so like, this is actually the perks of like the page recently blowing up is I was actually chatting with one of the guys that I've been at a couple seminars and he and I have always chatted about meeting up at some point, but he messaged me and was like, look, we got a lot of our guys that are actually interested in training with you because of your videos and what they've been seeing lately. They want us to bring you out. And so like now I've actually started to get some interest because of the posts that we've been doing. Like, okay, he's got an interesting approach to this. Let's get him out here and, and train with him. So now I'm looking, and again, now I've started to travel a little bit more for the women's self-defense. Um, so no, I, I think that's kind of just where I'm, 
if I can do like a pop-up class, if I can do a seminar, um, I, I don't know. I just kind of want to get out there a little bit more and um, kind of just teach what I've kind of been focusing on and just kind of learn and grow from there. So that's amazing. I can't wait to watch your journey while you do that. And I'm, I'm glad your Instagram well, thank you. blew up. Um, I know we talked about that before the show started here, but yeah, your videos are super unique. Um, I would love for you to share with the listeners what you kind of told me before on like what your kind of particular video niche is right now or niche. Whatever yeah. You want to call um, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one um, of those words. <laughs> yeah. One of those. Uh, so no, I, I used to, and it's not like they didn't do terrible, um, but they weren't crazy viral either. Um, before it was just like a lot, like I would do fancy techniques because again, like as much as I love self-defense, as much as I love competing, I also just love fancy Hollywood shit that just doesn't work, but looks badass. Um, right. and so like, obviously when we've dabbled in with a lot of different styles, like you come up with crazy ideas, you play around with stuff and it, it's a cool flow. So like I used to post a lot of those videos and actually those were the ones that did really well. Cause I'd be like, okay, how many styles can you count in this? And we'd combine, you know, three or four different disciplines and people would be commenting away trying to figure it out. So like those videos were doing pretty well. Uh, but then I was like, okay, this isn't self-defense. So I still want to kind of focus on that. So then it'd be like, okay, here's a haymaker punch. How do we defend it? Do a little bit of this. And you're always getting those comments like, oh, that wouldn't work in this scenario. That wouldn't work in this scenario. Who's ever going to, I feel like everyone always assumes that the street fighter is like a professional fighter. Right. <laughs> and they're always like, well, that's, that's never going to happen in the street. No one's ever going to attack you in that manner. Um, and I love Reddit. I love watching fights and just violence on Reddit because you see firsthand exactly what actually happens in real situations. And sure enough, like people aren't throwing good punches in the street. They're just wailing or doing stupid things that you just wouldn't expect. And so now I've started to kind of take a snippet because I'm not trying to post just because some of these are really gruesome and I, I don't want to post like just a kid getting his face pounded in, but I'm going to post like a two second brief glimpse of it where someone's like, Holy shit, did that just happen? And then it cuts back to us and then we can be like, okay, so as you can see, this is a real situation. That's why we're training this. Here are some options and we'll give them like a variety of, you know, like two or three different things that you can try. Um, and then we've actually been, I haven't filmed a ton of them yet, um, but we're planning to this weekend, but we're going to connect some of those to YouTube and kind of do more in-depth videos on YouTube of like, okay, we showed you 20 seconds of what you can do. Now let's break that down. To, let's extend it to like six minutes and really kind of dive into it. So I'm going to start trying to pin the two together a little bit more, but yeah, that, that seems to be, I mean, it catches my attention when I watch a fight and I just get, I just see someone get laid down. I'm like, damn, like that, that was a hard <laughs> hit. And then you just yeah. see like how the rest of the fight, and it's crazy how some of these fights unfold. Um, and as I mentioned to you, like I, I'll send them to all my students that are still active with the self-defense. Um, I'll sometimes see like this, like Aaron will post the same ones that I've posted. And so we'll chat about it a little bit. So like everyone's always on the same page. We all see the same fights, but we all kind of see it in a different light, but also the same light. So um, it's kind of fun, like based off of our experiences, we're going to, we're going to kind of tune into different things at the time. But yeah, that, that seems to be what's, uh, what's working right now. So yeah, I'm going to kind of stick with that for the time being as much as I can. I love it. There are a lot of pages that just post live like videos of people fighting. Yeah. And there are a lot of pages that just post techniques. So yours is the best of both worlds. I'm not surprised it blew up. Um, and I'm, I, yeah, it's just going to keep blowing up. So that's awesome. Um, I love that so much, uh, kind of going back, sorry to transition and jump around, but you know, it's just, no, you're fine. It's how, it's you the know, nature of it. 
absolutely. Uh, back kind of to how you structure your classes with women. Uh, do you go into mm-hmm. managing unknown contacts before you start striking and grappling? Elaborate on that a little bit. Sure. So uh, managing unknown contacts is something. Do you know what I mean by managing unknown contacts? Sorry, let me start off with that. I, I think so. Um, if okay, just, sorry. Are you talking like the, pre, like the preemptive and everything? Yes. Sorry. I thought that that was just like a universal term for, uh, it, like, I've, I've heard it. I, I don't, I don't know if I explain it in the same manner. So that's why I want you to just kind of. No, actually I love that because, uh, so far, uh, Aaron, Janetti, Eli Knight and Craig Douglas and, uh, Kristen Irwin have all talked about mucking almost in the same way. So I'd love to see kind of how you how you explain it. Uh, but it is the, those like pre-verbal de-escalation, um, okay, that yeah, pre-verbal yeah. de-escalation practice. Um, yeah, I, I do. Um, I've always, so my focus when I do a lot of the women's health defense, um, and I think this kind of stems more from like the college, uh, situation because I kind of tend to focus my, courses unless i'm told specifically like like the one i did recently in chicago we focus 100 on random attackers in chicago kidnappings stuff like that um but when i was doing like the college stuff 99 percent of those cases was either they were assaulted by a boyfriend they were assaulted by a best friend they were assaulted by a teacher like it was all by someone that they knew so their shield was down so a lot of the preemptive stuff that i was talking about at the time um and i still kind of focus on a little bit is more of like the domestic side of things so like um if you start seeing these red flags from your husband if you start seeing these red flags from your boyfriend if you start seeing these red flags from um your coaches or teachers or someone that you're close to like that's stuff that you can kind of keep your eyes on to and i get a lot of pushback sometimes with it with like well my husband loves me um And I'm sure that's true, but you know, you have most domestic violence cases where you're happily married for 10 years. And then one day your husband punches you in the face, um, for, you know, whatever reason. And and everyone's like, okay, yeah, that that's, that's true. Um, and so it's kind of one of those, like, I hate to give that perspective, but I'm, I try to be as realistic as possible. Like, look, do I see that happening? No, but is it a possibility at some point that this could happen for whatever reason, if the stars align? Absolutely. And that's what we're training self-defense. Like I I don't want to train self-defense because I just want to train it. Like I'm training it in case of these once in a blue moon type situation. Like I can't even tell you the last time I've actually had to punch someone and mean it um, other than training, but I'm prepared if that were to happen. And I try and just put you in the mental state of here's what could happen. Here's what it's going to feel like. Here's how your emotions are going to be impacted. Cause that's the other thing. If everyone's like, Oh, I'll just push them off. I'll just kick them in the balls and do this. And then it's like, mm, are you, are you going to be frozen in place? Are you going to back down? Are you, are you capable of fighting back? Like there's so many things that people just don't know what their bodies are going to do until they do it. So by me kind of putting you into that headspace of like, here's a situation. And then we jump into the techniques. Then I kind of get everyone like fired up. Like, okay, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm not, um, into this one thing i do that actually gets a lot of people right away is i i I call it my eye drill um and a cop i trained with she used to do this for our classes and we would just have all the ladies walk around us in a circle and i just stand in the middle and i just you know tell you start walking just go ahead walk around and i'll you know look at i try to look at every single person i'm looking for your eye contact is is really like this like if anyone else out there is watching this that's the secret is just make eye contact with me 
Um, but I'm looking to see if anyone will lock eyes with me. And if you lock eyes with me, do you keep it or do you immediately you know, look down? Do you look away? Um, I'll have you change directions a couple times. And then by the end of it, like typically there's like one, maybe two people that have actually locked eyes. Either people just keep their heads down, people look away, or when they do lock eyes, they immediately turn away and you can kind of just see their whole body kind of shell up. And I usually do that right away and I'll tell everyone like, look, this is what I'm looking for as a predator. This is what you're telling me because you don't want to make eye contact. Your body language is telling me that you're afraid of me or you're uncomfortable with me or you're not willing to put up a fight. So you're just climbing the list in my eyes of like, this is a perfect target. This is going to be nice and easy. The ones that lock eyes with me, the ones that I can look at and be like, okay, this person isn't shying away from me. This person's giving me a vibe, like don't mess with me. You're, you're going farther down on my list. And that kind of wakes a lot of people up of like, oh yeah, I guess that's very true. And so I, I may not talk about a lot of the cues that they all do, but I'll put, I try and put you in there in the headspace to where you can have that self-realization of holy shit. Yeah, you're right. I, like by me not doing this or by me not paying attention or um, by me being ignorant for whatever reason, like I'm, I'm putting myself at risk or I'm in my eyes, I think I'm up here when really I'm here in regards like my ability to fight back type thing. And so it's not meant to be like degrading or lower your confidence. It's meant to be as like a wake up of like, look, if you really want to protect yourself, which is why you're taking this class, then you need to realize what it takes to protect yourself because it's not as simple as jab cross fights over. Um, there's a lot more to it. And I think just by having that realization of like, I can't even make eye contact with you. I think that goes a long way. Oh, absolutely. If, just that, answer, even, if that answered, if that all answered your question. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't know what I just said. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> it absolutely did make sense. It was, uh, beyond expectations actually, because <laughs> I've never heard of that drill. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm actually going to, I, I, I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get like a good video of it and I haven't okay. gotten a good video of it yet, but I'm going to get a video like in the moment doing it because I think it's one that, um, it's, it's very similar. Um, I do the same thing in another girl. I saw her post a TikTok on this cause it blew up and I, it stumbled awesome. on my page, but I, I asked like the same questions at college campuses where I'd be like, you know, how many of you know someone that's been sexually assaulted or raped and you'll get, you know, if there's 200 people in the classroom, you get 195 raiser hands. Um, and I have everyone yep. look around, look at all the hands raised. And then I followed up with how many of you know for a fact that they reported it and you get like two hands that stay standing. And then I'm like, okay, put those hands up. I said, you know, statistics tell you that one in five people have been raped on an, a campus or you know whatever the statistic is these days. Well, those five, one in five is based off of these two that have reported. But as you all saw, like there's a hundred other people that have reported it or that are sorry, there's a hundred other people that haven't reported it, but have been attacked. And that kind of just makes everyone go, holy shit, like you're not kidding. That's a lot of people. And so, again, it's I I try to I don't want to just say, OK, here's what you need to look for. I want you to get into that space of, yeah, this happens a lot um, and it's very possible it could happen to me. Like I want people to have that almost a little bit of a fear like I'm not as invincible as I thought which I don't know if that's bad to put them in kind of that mind space but I want pe- I, I feel like there's a lot of ignorance when it comes to people not wanting to learn self-defense because they feel that they're fine um, and so by making them realize like holy crap I am vulnerable kind of breaks through that shield and barrier a little bit so I, so those are two that I'll do if I, if I do presentation I always ask that question if I do a seminar I always do that drill because I think understanding what your body language tells you like my wife hates it because I will just resting bitch face to every single person that I see um, that I don't know. But I, and again, I don't mean to. It's just who I am. Right. But it's like if I'm right. looking at you and I lock eyes with you, like I'm I'm just I'm just analyzing you, or I'm just kind of staring off and just 
running through my head on my own. But uh, yeah, I, I always make sure that I lock eyes with every single person I'm in a room with. That's just that's just me though. I don't blame you. In fact, when you were explaining the drill, I was trying to figure out what I would do, like putting myself in that situation. And um, honestly, as the natural empath I am, I like kind of cringed because I realized I'm not part of the group that maintains eye contact. I'm not really part of the group that doesn't look at all, but I am part of the group that makes direct eye contact and then immediately looks away, gets really anxious. And then I, I do cramp up. I actually cramp my hands. That's something I do in public to prevent my whole body from tensing, but I know I can't always prevent it. I know my shoulders go up. So that's so interesting. Right. Which to me like that. And I explain to people like, it's one, like I would rather you just not make eye contact to begin with. Because then, like, maybe I'm aware, like, do they know I'm here? Do they not know I'm here? But then if you make eye contact and immediately look away, I'm like, you're not ready for a fight. Because you're you're not even willing to, like, engage in that, like, that awkward eye contact, which just shows, like, okay, maybe you're, and you could be, like, you just maybe just don't like making eye contact, but you could be a complete badass. You know, you never, I never know until we start fighting. Um, right. But that's just how I explain people, like, how I would view it. Like, that body language of immediately shying away tells me, okay, you're shy, Maybe you're not confident in your ability to fight back, What you know, whatever the case is. So, yeah, that was one drill that um, I've never adapted. I've never changed. I've kept it the same since day one, and I literally do it every single – I don't care if it's 100 people or two people. I do the same drill every time to just start to warm up just because it opens that eyes to people. Like, okay, the, my body language – it's more of like to get you to realize what your body language actually says. Absolutely. And not that you asked me for an idea, but if you do a reel where you're even treating the camera as, you know, a stranger in public and you show the three different responses of no eye contact. That is a good idea. The half that and half. I feel like that would be so beneficial. I, and I would, I can't wait to share it if you do it. Um, but yes, well, I will write that one down. Absolutely. Um, no, well, thank you for sharing that drill. Um, I hope anyone listening that maybe I know a lot of women who teach like self-defense classes here and there. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, I, I hope, you know, someone will take this drill into mind and maybe consider using it. If that's something you're okay with, I, I don't know if oh, yeah, no, I, 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 I like to, <laughs> yeah. I like to make all my classes intense. Um, like we have fun, but I, I don't bullshit. I don't beat around the bush. I'm going to tell you how it is. Um, you know, if people ask me simple questions of like, Oh, well, what would you do in this? I'm like, well, you're either going to do this or you're going to get killed or, you know, whatever. And they're like, Oh my God. I'm like, well, that's the reality. I'm not going to say, Oh, well, if you do this, like you can get away just fine. Um, and I also know the realistic capabilities of people's memory and training. And if you take an hour class, and I'll be honest, I doubt you're going to remember a lot of the physical portion of the class. Right. And so I try to manipulate it in a way of where you're understanding the ideas and the why behind everything. So even if you don't remember the mo- the specific motions, you understand like, I'm supposed to be doing something here. I maybe not remember what strike it is, but I can remember like, he told me I'm supposed to hit something. So I'm just going to start hitting um, and maybe you just never thought about that before, but now you start hitting and you happen to hit the right thing and there you go. It works. But if I teach you just a lot of sp- like spit out a bunch of techniques and motions and this, I, I just don't see that happening. So I try to get your head and emotions triggered and pulled in as much as possible so that you're in it with me. Um, and I think that was also the benefit of working with so many survivors is I, I understand what they went through from talking with them and seeing how they would react when they would talk about it. And so I try and pull people in and be like, look, this is what it actually feels like. This is what they went through emotionally 
in the moment, not after, in the moment, this is what their bodies did. Even if they did train, because I had a couple girls that were like, I took classes and I had all the stuff running in my head, but my body wasn't doing anything. Um, so I think people understand like, okay, like I can learn all this stuff, but it's not a guarantee because right. then on the flip side, like you have the people that don't need self-defense because they're fine in their eyes or they take the self-defense and then immediately think that I can defend myself and I'm good to go. I don't need to train anymore. So there's, there's a very big disconnect of, um, and again, I think it's just ignorance of, um, I could be the most well-trained ever and I could still be caught off guard and I still am in training. And that's like the beauty of it is like, there's no, like the more you train, the more you realize you don't know. Um, and so like, you just can never stop because there's always progressions and progressions and different rabbit holes to go down to. So, um, yeah, I, I try and just sucker people in that way and just make you realize like it works, but it doesn't always work. And we just got to keep training. Absolutely. I love that. I feel like we are creatures that enjoy comfort. So when we're pushed into mm-hmm. an uncomfortable position, we seek comfort again, which is hopefully in the form of prevention and training. So I, that totally right. makes sense why you do that. Um, and I do wish people trained more in the preventive uh, kind of aspect as opposed to taking a class because they were too late with it. Um, in fact, my two older sisters, every time I see them, we practice managing unknown contacts and they get so annoyed but I always tell them, like, just give me five minutes, each of them. And, of course, they always end up giggling and stuff. But um, I get, like, really mean. I yell at them. And, of course, there's some pent-up rage there from when I was little. I am the youngest. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. That comes out. Let me beat on you for a little bit. Just a little bit. And I use that um, and yell at them. And I always – I'm not going to lie. I do love them so much. And it's hard to yell at them. I can't even use my martial arts or, like, self-defense against them because – can't imagine ever like actually hurting them. But in my head, I'm like, this is so much better than someone taking them off guard in public. So, so one, so one thing I'm trying to do, I haven't ran a class yet, um, but I've been testing it out on some of my guys. Um, are you familiar with Tim Kennedy at all? I don't believe so. Um, look him up if not, uh, the dude's just a Patriot. He's, Navy SEAL, Green Beret, UFC fighter. Uh, he's based on in Austin, Texas, I believe. Okay. Um, but like when it comes to just knowing how to fight, um, guns, weapons, hand to hand grappling, like he knows it all. But he runs. I've so he's another one I want to take a course from. Um, but I was studying some of his courses with law enforcement and the way that he trains law enforcement, and he pretty much puts you on the edge of where you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. Um, in a safe environment, but he doesn't give you anything and he'll cover your mouth when you're grappling. He'll, uh, imitate like poking your eyes out and stuff. And he'll ask like, I remember like one of the videos he asked at the end, um, you know, how many of you felt my fingers across your eyes and everyone raised their hand and goes, okay, you're all blind now. You know, just understand like I was, I would have been jabbing into your eyes. How many of you, you know, some guys would start tapping and he'd let go and goes, why are you tapping? They're like, Oh, I'm I'm just tired. I I don't know what to do. He's like, we'll keep fighting, figure it out. Otherwise you're going to die. And that's like the reality of it as like an officer. If you're hands to hands, you're on the ground, you're grappling something like you don't have an option to just tap out and quit because you're tired. Like you have to push through. Um, and then taking Aaron's courses, taking Ryan's courses and just seeing like the intensity that they push some of their uh, knife training. Um, and then obviously I've seen Craig's. I haven't taken his yet, but I want to develop. And again, I'm in the process of doing it. I want to do a high intensity self-defense course for women that brings you as close to the edge as possible. Um, again, safe environment. It would be required that you do like an intro course of some sort 
um, that goes over the mechanics and everything. And then the second portion is going to be like the live, but we're going to put you in position to not essentially not give you anything. Um, you know, you're going to feel some choking pressure. You're going to feel some hits. You're going to feel grappling. You're going to feel like, we're just going to try and recreate assaults as close as we can get, um, to where people can kind of get that confidence. Like, okay, this guy weighs a hundred pounds more than I can, but I'm able to do it. Um, because again, I think there's still a disconnect of, okay, you can practice this with one another. We're giggling, we're having fun. Um, but then what happens when someone that is heavier, bigger than you wants to kill you, wants to just beat on you, wants to rape you. Um, how are you going to deal with all that? So, you know, it obviously wouldn't be a lighthearted course. It would be, I have, I can imagine it would be very emotional, um, obviously it's not going to be like a surprise. You're in this course today. Like people would sign up knowing what they're going to get out of it. Right. And we would make sure that you're getting the confidence. Like I can defend myself, but now I'm also realizing what my body's capable of doing, but also how my body reacts in situations where someone has me pinned and maybe I'm fighting for 10 minutes just to get somebody off mount. And if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But now you realize like, okay, that took me 10 minutes to get out of that. And I'm exhausted. Um, rather than like, okay, you've tried it a couple of times. Let's move on to something else. Um, I want right. people to go through the full motion. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still developing it. My goal is to run at least one next year. Um, cause I, from what I have in my head and what I've been studying, again, I've, I've been studying a lot of guys curriculums on how they run their stuff. Obviously it's going to be completely different material wise, but just the structure would be similar. Um, I've got some ideas and we're, you know, we've been pressure. I, I want to make sure I pressure test everything. I want to see how my guy, and sometimes I won't even tell them what we're doing. I'll just say, just come in. I'm just going to try stuff on you. Just, I just want you to react without any preemptive stuff. Um, and obviously they're trained, so they're going to give me some different reactions, but I'm just trying to see what I can trigger from them or what I can pull out of them. Um, Cause that's kind of where I, I want this to be a little bit more of an emotional course for that sense of confidence and stuff, if that makes sense. So I'm Absolutely. hoping to do it. That's uh, it's in development, but I think that would be, if we're talking about like bridging that gap of realistic training, I think that is something for, um, if we're talking women's self-defense, I think that's something that would be very good if I can pull it off in the hopes of what I'm trying to do. I love that. Absolutely. I can't wait to see that come to life. And I think I'm just going to label this episode women's self-defense because this is, I don't want anyone <laughs> to miss to be the, it. Most of it. Oh, absolutely. And I, if, if someone's coming to the podcast to see a certain or hear, I always say see like they're watching something, um, videos will be available in the future, but moving on, um, if they can just find immediately women's self-defense in the title, then yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. And happen. I think, and, and again, I, I don't, I don't like to like discriminate, like I'll teach anyone self-defense. Absolutely. I just think that again, this is just for me seeing, um, and I've had a few guys that have reached out to me that had been assaulted. Um, yeah. some have been raped. Uh, some have just been near situations that just kind of rock them a little bit and, or they witness something and they want to work on stuff. Um, and I'm always pleased. I, I'm actually thrilled when they like reach out. Cause I know as a male, that's a big step to take, especially with that type of attack. Um, but there's a something that I, I just think that women tend to feel that they can't protect themselves against. Like it's always, well, I'm five, four and 120 pounds. And what if there's 300 pound guy? Like I can't do anything. And, and like, that just drives me crazy. Right. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that you can, it's going to be hard as shit. I won't lie. It's going to be, and, and, and like, that's been some of my comments lately on like some of the videos of like, well, how would I, you know, how would this work for me? I think it's going to be hard. Like, that's it. It's going to work, but it's going to be 10 times harder. I can get out of it in two seconds. It may take you two minutes. Um, but it's, it's not that we're doing different things. You just have to work 10 times harder. Um, 
And so I think that's where I kind of really want to develop a program that's just like, look, ladies, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You're, you are tough. You can, um, mentally you're tough, physically you're strong as hell. You can do the techniques, you can do the damage, but you just have to understand what it takes emotionally and what it's, what it's going to take physically. And I think that's where there's a lot of disconnect of, um, people just think that they can't. Um, and so that's why I'm trying to disprove it. That's why I love it. Like I love when I walk it, like I've got, uh, our Sunday striking class now, I think we're up to like five or six ladies now. So I think we're actually pretty split oh. between girls and guys okay. um, or getting to the point where we're pretty split. And I love it. Like they just come out swinging and like, love you it. know, like <laughs> took a little bit to like get like the motions down. But like now when they do, like they beat the crap out of the bags. I'm like, good. Like you're figuring it out. So that's amazing. Um, I love it. I love when I walk into classes and I see like a bunch of women in there that are just like ready to grapple, ready to do self-defense, ready to strike. It's, it's awesome. I'm happy to hear that. Truly. That's awesome. And that obviously means that they feel safe around you and your presence. So that that really says a lot about you. That's wonderful. Um, I know before the episode started, we talked a little bit about how you're passionate about uh, school violence and just not passionate about school violence. Excuse me. Passionate. About <laughs> I love seeing it. No, I, I think okay. I, I just think school violence has changed. Um, Okay. Uh, well, go ahead. Ask your question. Then oh, I'll, then truly I'll and honestly, I was opening up the discussion, so that was perfect. Just me not knowing how to speak. <clears throat> I no, you're good. I I think that school violence has just changed with time, and I think that scares the shit out of me when I watch videos. And it was actually funny because again, I I'm gonna just go back to Reddit for a second. Um there was a video that was posted and it was like captioned like high school fight 2008 or 2009 or something. And it was like two kids just, you know, swinging punches at each other, big old crowd, um, you know, landing some good punches. The moment they would start kind of like tying up and, and throwing kicks, like somebody would come in and separate them. Like, okay, you know, go back to just punching. Um, one guy would punch and the guy would fall down and he'd immediately back up and let the guy stand up. Or if they did go down to the ground, you know, they'd roll around a little bit and then somebody would come and break them up, standing back up like, okay, you know, we're going to stick to this punching guys. Let's go. Um, and then like after a while, like they beat the, you know, one guy would lose and it wasn't like they got the, the shit beat out of them, but like they landed a good few hits that rocked them or they fell. And a lot of the times they would help each other up or if any, at the very least, the guy would just back off fight would be over and everyone would kind of know like, okay, like you lost. And at my high school, we had a decent amount of fights that would start in the hallways. And I, if they didn't finish in the hallways, you knew right away the local Seven Eleven. we go back. Uh, uh, they had like an empty field behind there with some woods. Like that was the fight spot. So if it didn't get finished at the high school right away, everyone goes Seven Eleven. We're going to meet in the back and they're going to finish the fight. Okay. If you got knocked down. And I mean, like if you just got punched and fell down, that was it. You lost. Um, nowadays and again like this is a lot of my high school students that'll send me videos from our local area um like three on one in the bathroom just beating the shit out of somebody or um i've seen videos of like kids getting their faces thrown into the walls and then kicked or they get hit and knocked out and as they fall down they're hitting the back of their head on the urinal or something and it's like a hard hit or they start seizing in the bathrooms like um or i see kids that get knocked down and then they immediately get mounted and just get like five or six hard punch and they're already out cold and they're getting like five or six hard punches in the head. And I don't know what's changed. I don't know why all of a sudden fights are now going to like the borderline of like, dude, you're going to end up in jail. Like if I punch you, you fell down, busted nose, black eye, like that's it. Like, okay, kids, here's the detention. Go back to class. Now it's like, I got to arrest you because you're borderline murdering this kid for 
whatever reason, whether you're a bully, he hit on your girlfriend, stole from you, whatever. Um, like there's no reason to take the fight to that extent. And, um, some of the bullying ones that I've seen are, are incredibly brutal. Um, there's videos of kids walking up behind other kids and they'll just hit them in the back of the head with like a chair. Or there's one of a, a kid that smacked a kid with a uh, fire extinguisher twice, uh, oh hit him goodness. once. And then when he fell, he hit him across the face and like their friends are recording this, um, and giggling and laughing and posting it online. So it's, it's, it's one thing. And I want to do a video, uh, if we're talking about reels, I've been kind of compiling a lot of them and I kind of want to do a video that is more for the parents of don't tell me your kid doesn't need to learn how to fight or doesn't need to learn how to do self-defense or that your kid's fine in school or whatever. And then show just like a massive, like quick glimpse of like 10 different fights of just kids getting pounded on in schools because that's what's happening. Um, and it's like in the locker rooms, it's in the bathroom. So it's out of the eyes of the public and they're just recording it and like literally right. beating the shit out of them, laughing and then walking away and just leaving you in the corner to bleed or knocked out or seizing, whatever the case is. Like they're very gruesome videos, but people are posting them. And again, it's not, um, it's not anything that I remember in high school. Like there's a couple brutal fights and by brutal, I mean like busted nose, black eye, maybe he got knocked out and that was it. Never broken bones, never never multiple attackers never was it where two three kids are just pounding on one unless it was like a brawl and there was like multiple people fighting each other but it was never like two on one three on one there was always a one-on-one fight um and again it was very well respected afterwards if you lost you lost like that was it no more beef it was just like our way of settling beef um and so i think i've pushed like for for my training space um it's mostly high school kids. Um, some right out of high school, I've got a couple middle school and then I've got a couple adults. Um, and the bulk of them are high school because either they just wrestle and they want to learn more than just wrestling. So they're kind of in it for like the sport or MMA. And then I have kids that are just like, I don't want to end up like that. Um, and I've actually had a couple kids that have sat around as we film some stuff or I'll chat with some guys about knife defense or something. And they'll be like very intrigued. Like that actually happens. And I'll show them a video or something. And they're like, Holy shit. I had no idea that this stuff goes on. And again, I think it just goes back to people's ignorance. And right. so it's not like that I'm obsessed with like this violence or stuff, but I, no. I find myself watching a lot of these videos that people are posting again, not for like the, Ooh, let's see what happens today, but it, it blows my mind that it is happening. And so I'm trying to just find ways to, um, be like, okay, if you end in this situation, like here, like if you had asked me years ago, how I would defend if somebody was mounting and punching you compared to how I would defend it now, it's completely different because now I'm more worried about somebody coming in weapons being pulled because people just didn't fight like that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, which is crazy to say, but, um, yeah, I, I think violence in schools, I don't know what it is. I have a, a guy I trained with that's a high school teacher. He said a lot of it seems to be from COVID kids just don't know how to act around each other. Um, and he said that his school just had like a surplus of fights ever since they came back from COVID and he Man. doesn't know if it was just them all just being cooped up for too long or just unsettled beef that just got built up and built up online. Um, and then it was just set, like, he doesn't know, but he's like, I've never seen this many fights. Um, I've never seen this much anger amongst all the peers and stuff. So I, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, it's video games and movies and, um, you know, violence has been around forever. Right. But I, I think there's something recently that's changed that just it's like glorified. And I, I don't know if that's it. I don't know if like um, people are like watching the violence because they're entertained by the violence or if they're watching the violence because they're 
like me trying to like learn from it. Um, right. I think it's more so like people are just posting because it's entertaining. It's just, you know, same reason we stopped to look at car accidents and stuff because people are curious. And so, right. um, I, I don't know. I, it just, it scares me to death seeing what high schools, especially and even middle schools have turned into with kids fighting. It's it, so I expected video at some point. I don't know how it will be received, but I think right. it would be a good message for people to see like, Hey, this is, you think your kid's safe at school. This is why you need to train. Um, or at least just be willing to explore the options of training a little bit. Absolutely. And based on your page, it's obvious that you share fights for the purpose of spreading awareness. Uh, If someone misconstrues that, I mean, it's really on them. Um, But I, I think that's, I'm very, I'm very careful because I don't like TikTok. It TikTok has removed so many of my videos. Um, (laughs) even if they're not like, I'll show a technique, I'll show like a jujitsu jujitsu based like arm bar oh this has been removed for violence i'm like okay it's sport but then i'll show someone like getting punched and they're like oh that's fine but then i'll so like okay cool and then i'll do another one it's like okay your account suspended i'm like oh my goodness instagram i know i'm okay for the most part um but i try again i i show just enough where you're like okay that's the picture i get it i'm not gonna show past that point where like now you're interested just enough to like holy shit that just happened um and so that's where i kind of have to find like that the happy bounce fortunately all the videos, you know, they're just everyone's doing this with their phone. So like, right. it's very hard to see clearly who's who. So I'm not worried. I'm like, oh, I know that kid because I can't even tell you who, what the ages are of half these kids in these videos because you can't right. see them, but you can see what's happening. Um, so yeah, I'm that's I I gotta still stem with caution on it, but uh, so far it's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'll see down the road, but right now, right now it's okay. Absolutely, I like that. That's part of your mission, um, and I'm I'm glad that you kind of you have access to that age group because this is not something I've heard a lot about. I have a friend who teaches uh, middle school and she's written me before just on horrible days, but like kids are terrible. And she's told me about some of the fights that have broken out and what she's been called to break up these fights. So that's this, this is the most I've ever really conversed about it with someone. So thank you for bringing it to awareness. Yeah. I'm going to try and do a little bit more with it because it, uh, like I said, some of the, the videos, um, like it's not even that the violence is bad, but like the, the noise or like the kids crying or, um, like having issues breathing or they're laughing because like someone's having a seizure, like, Oh dude, look, you made them seize. And then they just walk away. Like that bothers me more than the fact that they're throwing punches. Um, yeah. And so there, like, there's a few kids of mine that have been with me for a while and I don't care if we're doing self-defense training or if we're doing sport, I've told them like, look, I'm never going to give you boys anything, um, in regards to like technique, I'm never going to go light on you. I'm never going to like, Oh, here's, you're trying to take me down. Okay. Here, like, let me shift my weight the way it's supposed to be. And you can finish. Like, I'm not get you have to work for anything you want when you train with me. Others I'll give and take and let you learn. But I've been with those kids for so long that they've really progressed from it. But um, I know that they're in it for the purpose of, I don't want to be in that situation in school. And, um, and so like they enjoy that. I challenge them. Like anytime I come back from, they're the ones that are always in my films. Um, so anytime I come back from the seminars, like they're the first ones I call up, they'll come over, I'll test everything out on them. I'll teach them. We'll go back and forth, play with it. But now they get like the full live resistance. So, um, yeah, I, I want them to to feel what it feels like if I'm not giving them anything because that's how it's going to be in a real situation. I can't do that with everyone, but like the kids that are willing to, to train in that mindset and that 
physical type of environment, um, we definitely kind of play around with some of that stuff a little bit more. I like that. That's wonderful. Yeah. My goal is to definitely put one of my, one of my kids, all of my kids, of course, one day, I don't have any children now, but out into martial arts. And then of course, you know, like violin and piano balance it out a little bit, but, um, Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, punch, punching by day, violin by night. <laughs> exactly. You know, I grew up playing violin it. and piano since I was five, and I honestly think that's what kept me out of a lot of bad situations. Um, I didn't go to parties. I was always preparing for Allstate. Like, I couldn't because I was learning a Dvorak piece. And I tell my friends that are now parents that we went to high school together, and they're now, like, very uh, new parents. And I'm like, you need to put your kid in violin or piano because it truly takes up your time. It just Um, levels you out. Oh, absolutely. And having, like, the discipline for music and the discipline for martial arts just translates to so many things in life. So... Um, I'm going to do that to my kids just to keep them on the straight and narrow for sure. Yeah, I think, I don't think there's anything like, obviously, you know, there's, there are some bad instructors out there. Um, yes. And then there there's are. some that are good instructors, but they don't teach you. They don't teach you the way that you should be taught. Like they're great as an instructor is what they're teaching, what you should be learning. Maybe not. Um, and then you find like the right, I, I got very fortunate with my instructor in the way that he taught, uh, we were Taekwondo school, but it was very street focused. So the only art that we actually did was forms and kicks, um, which was great. And he had a lot of connections in the city and stuff. So, uh, we got to train with some very reputable martial artists. Um, but, uh, so like, I love the beauty of traditional martial arts. Like that will forever be something that I'm always stunned by. Um, but the way he approached like self-defense is what got me into it. And then like, he would push me like, okay, you want to learn how to do this? Go take boxing. And he would push me to go train boxing and then come back and now apply that to what we did. So he was the first one that really encouraged me to just constantly, because he knew I was coming back. He wasn't worried about losing me, but he wanted me like, okay, when you go to school, go train in this. When you're over there, go train over there. I want you to go. And he was always just pushing me in different systems to see how it would change how I approached fighting as a whole. Um, And so he kept me very level-headed with a lot of stuff. It also helped that we worked with a lot of cops uh, who were instructors with us at the time. So I grew up training around cops. Wow. Um, so I also awesome. wasn't a big partier <laughs> growing up because I couldn't, but, no, it was, it was a good, I got very fortunate with the environment that I was in, uh, coming up. And then obviously as I got older and, and kind of realized I laughed because I think if I looked back at myself in college and high school, I, in my eyes, I was like, yeah, I could, I could definitely mess some people up. And I got into some scruffles. Uh, but if I really sit back, I'm like, boy, did I get lucky in those fights because I don't think I could have really, really protected myself to where I could now. And I think that was just my not understanding. Like I didn't grapple as much as I do now. I obviously wasn't involved with striking as much as I am now. Um, I didn't have any like the the weapons training I do now. So that's why I always say like, once you get into it, you're into it. You you just Absolutely. dive down like this. This rabbit hole this year for me has been knife defense um wonderful i don't know what next year will be but yeah um you know i just i just focus in on something and then dive all the way in and and then i just realized like holy crap i don't know how to do this at all (laughs) so um yeah i I always laugh when i think back of me being a tough guy was not really that tough if i think about it but it's good i think martial arts is something everyone should take period absolutely agreed Uh, that's actually part of why i uh, started this podcast, I didn't realize um, in those seven years that I, I could have been training something um, steadily like jiu-jitsu. I started jiu-jitsu when I was 13 training that, but I stopped because I broke okay. my nose that first time. And I, I, I was like, oh, it's not meant to be yet. But I wish someone would have talked to me about the the fact that 
true like street level defense is in is rooted in like grappling with striking and you know throwing some elbows and knees so muay thai and once i figured that out it i couldn't get enough of it and i've missed it ever since so i'm hopeful i'm hoping that this podcast will bring light to that um because i've had many people ask me like what martial arts should i train and um that's it's just such a multifaceted answer and I, I like to get everyone's opinion on it. Yeah. I yeah. think it's, it's, I always tell people striking is the best one because it's the easiest to start. Okay. Um, not that it's the best one per se, right? It's the easiest one to kind of break the barrier. I feel a lot of people have trouble with grappling because it's awkward if you've never grappled before. And I always tell people that come here when they're like, you know, first couple classes, I'm like, you know, sparring is always optional. I'm never going to force anyone to spar. Um, but if they do, they're like, well, you know, what should I do? And I always tell them like for your first couple of weeks, just get past the awkward stage. I'm like, that's it. Just start grabbing, pushing, pulling, whatever. Just get past the awkward phase and just get comfortable being all up in each other. I said, once you get past that, then we can focus on positions and techniques and submissions and stuff. Because if all your thing is like, oh, my face is near their armpit or um, their chest just hit my head or like their sweat um it like throws people for a loop that aren't comfortable with that environment um so a lot of times i'll actually push people for striking first because again uh most altercations are going to start from standing so it's better to know what to do with your hands initially and then grappling follow but i think like if you could do the two i think grappling long term is better off suited than striking long term um, but obviously you can't ignore one without focusing on the other. Um, and then again, like there's, then you can get into the argument of, um, do strictly jujitsu guys know how to handle themselves in the street. And again, it's not that the techniques and stuff don't work. It's just a different mindset. Um, Eli Knight mentioned at one of his seminars, it's like the hierarchy of positions changes. Like I did a video recently where we talked about how in sport taking somebody's back is like the best position that you could possibly be in. Do I want to be there in the street? Probably not. Right. Because now I'm on the back on the ground with somebody on top of me. I can't see your hands. I can't stop anyone else from coming in. So I want to get out of that position as fast as possible and maybe get to like a knee on belly, um, which in grappling for sport is good, but it's more of like a in-between position. Like maybe I can get to mount. Maybe I can get to the back from there. Self-defense is a great position. So I think that's just like understanding what could happen is what differentiates sport from street. Um, but it's not a big gap. Like I think any good grappler, any good striker can handle themselves just fine against most people. Um, weapons, I think is a different story. Uh, I don't care who you are. I think that that brings a 30 seconds of doing knife training, like full throttle defending against a knife, even in training feels like four hours. Um, it, it just, it heightens it. So I think that's the difference. But I think if you're asking people like what to start with, I would tell people just go strike, go, go take a boxing class, go take a tie boxing, uh, kickboxing, learn what to do with your feet and your hands, then get into the grappling and, and go from there. And, uh, again, you can do it. Like a lot of the guys here, you know, we're here for sport or hobby, but every once in a while I'll kind of throw out like, okay, in this position, you know, for my MMA guys, I want you to do this for anyone there that's, you know, comes from self-defense like here's what i would recommend you do in this position and everyone's like okay got it and so they know for their own personal objectives per se this is what i should be focused on in this type of situation so i try to always throw that out there when i'm teaching as much as possible just to give people the different perspectives of what to focus on per se um and that's where i've been trying to focus a lot for my own training is understanding where to cut the sport and start the street, where to stop the street and start the sport and just know where, when to cross that threshold, depending on what situation we're potentially training for.
That is wonderful. And yeah, that's on your bio, right? Uh, connecting uh, street and uh, yeah, bridging, bridging sport and street. Thank you for stepping in there because I was about to butcher it. So <laughs> no, that's perfect. I love that. Um, we are actually getting to time. Um, that was a wonderful thing to end on because I, no matter who the guest speaker is, I love getting uh, just various opinions on what the perfect, you know, combination of training is. And um, usually it's very similar between you and Craig Douglas and Aaron Tonetti, that combination of uh, grappling and striking. But I love that you talked about kind of the progression starting with striking and then moving on. That's something that I don't think anyone's talked about. And I really appreciate your input on that. That's very interesting. Of course, of course. Absolutely. Cause it's a lot to throw out someone like, yeah, go do jujitsu, also do Krav, but also go do Muay Thai and then get some. Yeah. And I, and I actually just had, uh, we just had a girl that started training with us last week and she, she wants to like do it for self-defense. And so she came to the striking class and I said, come to this, you know, it's again, it's, it's not awkward. You're, you're punching a bag or you're punching pads. Right. Um, you know, you're not going to be necessarily with the partner right away, right away. Um, but you, I'm like at the very minimal, you're going to learn how to throw a good punch. And it was funny because, and I'll, and I'll tell you this real quick. Go for it. I've never, it's like swimming. I, my mom threw me in a pool when I was, as soon as I could walk, I learned how to swim. So I've never known, I, like, the, I, I can't ever recall the feeling of what it feels like to not know how to swim. Like I get in the water, I know what to do. Right. Um, and the same goes with like fighting. Like I've been in the martial arts since I was four or five. So I don't know what it's like to not know how to throw a punch. And so I've never witnessed it. I've witnessed people that had bad form, but when I was training a group of friends that um, they had reached out to me again, this was like a group of guys that had been rocked by a situation that happened near them and wanted to come train. Yeah. And I'm holding a pad like this and I'm like, okay, we're just going to start with like a simple jab cross. Let's just warm up. And I do this and they punch over here. I've completely missed the pad. And I just kind of stop and they're like, what? And I'm like, nothing. I'm like, I've never, I'm like, just nothing. Just keep going. And in my head, I'm like, I've never witnessed that like firsthand that someone just completely whiffs a punch. And I'm like, that right. really put in perspective of like, man, you got to train, <laughs> you got to train because if you can't throw a simple punch to just hit a stationary pad, right. what's going to happen when you guys are moving around? And again, like just because you know how to train doesn't mean that you're going to hit the perfect shot every time either, but you're, you understand like, I'm not hitting where you're at. I'm hitting where I know you're going to go to, like there's levels to it. So I always say, start with striking, learn how to throw a punch, learn how to take a punch. And then we'll get into the grappling, grappling and the hand fighting and all the awkward stuff that takes place in that part. But uh, I think striking is just a phenomenal place to just start to get the mechanics down. Know what your body's doing. Absolutely. I like that a lot. Yes, learning how to take a punch. I definitely learned that very well, breaking my nose. And once, honestly, once my <laughs> nose was broken... I, I was no longer afraid of getting punched. I was like, you know what? This isn't bad. And then I realized that's actually why I should be afraid of it. But for a while there, I was yeah. like, I wasn't afraid. And I honestly felt like the meanest machine ever. Cause I was like, I I'm invincible. Like I'm not scared of punches. I used to be, I go, I go through, I definitely go through phases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely go through phases. I have phases where I'm like, I can take a hit and I'm not afraid to take a hit. Um, and I'm like headstrong and I'm fine. And then there's other days where I'm just like shying away. I'm like, I just don't want to get, take a punch. But like, I, I, I remember one of the first times I started boxing, I was helping one of our, the fighters at the gym train and he was a smaller guy. So they had a bunch of us bigger guys to just like be a little bit more power with him. Very nice. And he caught me with a right hook or a, a lead hook that rocked me. And I, I mean like legs buckled, hands dropped, oh, seen stars. And I've never been rocked. Dang. And that was like the first moment where I'm like, I don't like this. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be here. 
Um, and like all those thoughts just started like flooding in. And so like from that point on, I'm like, this is why people need to learn how to like take a punch because (laughs) in my eyes, I was like, yeah, I'm bigger than this kid. I'm stronger than this kid. I can throw punches. And then I got hit. I'm like, I don't want to fight anymore. Um, and so it, it made me realize like, okay, now I know what my body does. So now I can adjust and train and, and learn from there so yeah i so i say like learn how to take a punch like don't just line up and let somebody punch you but if you've never been unfortunately if you've never been in those situations and and i'll end it on this for you um if you've never this is why it's hard sometimes with self-defense because it's twofold it's either unfortunately you've been in a situation so you know how it feels like you've been assaulted you've been attacked yeah. um so you know how it feels and that's why you're training or you're training so that you never get in that situation but the problem is is you don't know what it feels like which is why you have to train with that type of intensity to get as close to those reactions as possible. Cause again, if I'm just hitting pads and having fun and smacking you and grip fighting, like, okay, good. I got it. Take someone that's going to put a little bit more pressure on you. That's going to take you out of that comfort zone and make you uncomfortable. And now you're like, Holy crap, my body's shutting down. Okay, good. Now you're learning how to react. Now you're learning what your body actually does under stress. Um, so I, I think the key to training is training in an environment that's going to put you at that level so that even if you haven't been in an altercation or assaulted or mugged or whatever, your body's getting as close as it possibly can from an emotional standpoint to know what it feels like and what the stress and what the all the different nerve factor, you know, whatever you want to talk about. But your body's going to trigger different motions depending on that situation. And I think that comes from proper training. Um, so, yeah, I train people. That, that's my advice for everyone. Just if you're, into, if you're, if you're at all nervous or paranoid or want to learn any just protect yourself or as you mentioned at the beginning like if you're if you're willing to carry a gun or a knife on your hip but you're not willing to throw a punch or go train how to throw a punch then you should take the gun and the knife off your hip because um it starts with hands it starts with knowing how to fight and then everything else is secondary absolutely no i love that that's a perfect a perfect sign off. I, I normally ask, uh, before we end, if there's anything you would like to add. So if if you'd like to take this time, if there's anything that's kind of still on the tip of your tongue, go for it. Um, I'll, I'll just reiterate like the, the training. Um, this is kind of more like a sport mentality, but you can apply this obviously to both is train how you want to perform. Um, that's something I've always stood by for, as a competitor, um, if I have a competition coming up, I'm training hundred percent every, every day. Don't care how tired I am. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it as best as I can on that given day. So when it comes to like self-defense, like I take that just as seriously as I do training for sport, because again, I'm not training to go out there and start fighting people. Um, but I'm training out with the mindset that like, if something happens, if today's the day that violence pays a visit to me, I'm ready. Um, or I'm as ready as I can be because anytime we train in those scenarios, I train to the fullest that I can possibly train. I don't care if I'm tired. Um, if my head's in a different place, I train the best that I can and break it down. So anytime you're training, regardless of what your personal objective is, train how you wish to perform and carry it on in, in live, uh, live case scenarios. I love that. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, this is by far one of my favorite episodes. I, um, when I it comes, appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to, if I have a woman write me or if I run into a woman and they tell me their story, which happens so often, um, I think it's because I'm an empath. I'm not complaining at all, uh, but people do tend to feel comfortable with me and I, I end up hearing uh, very traumatic things very early on in the conversation. And 
um, I usually end up saying like, Hey, I have a, you know, a resource. So I would love to direct them to this episode and to your page. Um, so I'm excited to have that. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, so listeners for exclusive video content with guest speakers, you can become a Patreon. You will receive a thank you note and podcast stickers along with more exclusive content. Please visit the She Shield uh, Instagram at She Shield Pod and TikTok for show updates, pictures of our guest speakers, and podcast highlights. A special thank you to Sageta Gear, the official sponsor of She Shield. For concealed carry gear and duty gear, you can use code She Shield10 for 10% off your Sageta Gear order and to support the pod. All resources mentioned in this episode will be listed in the show notes, which are the notes below the title. And if you like the podcast, you can support it by liking, subscribing, and leaving a review wherever you're listening now. Thank you for listening. And in the meantime, stay safe and stay vigilant. Goodbye.